come in. Maybe the computer can be pushed inside it. We can fill the front. Yeah, yeah. Mind you being closer to you. Yes, be close to me. Be close to the fire. Get in there. Yes, get close to the fire. Close to the fire. Ready to be far from the fire. Come on, Jay. Feeling the fire. Yeah. The fire. The fire of the Bible. Right. Hi, everybody. Hello. Hello. She was trying to prove a point. She was trying to show us something. And so, 
The blue-eyed children were seated in the front of the class, and the brown-eyed children were seated at the back of the class. And she told the children that they shouldn't mix, that they should stay separate, and they should only play with the children of the same eye color as them. And so the brown-eyed children, if ever they made a mistake, the teacher, so Jane, she would point out their mistake and really emphasize uh, you know, what they had done wrong and oh. emphasize their negative traits. Mm. The blue-eyed children were given extra privileges. Mm. They were given special treatment. They were given extra playtime, mm. more helpings of food at gosh, lunchtime. Gosh. Mm. They even drank from separate water fountains. Wow. wow. Jews are Gentiles. Yeah. So, initially... Please. <laughs> 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 so, I feel strongly about this. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> So initially, there was some resistance because the children had never understood this before. Like mm. this whole blue-eyed children are better than brown-eyed children. Like that didn't make sense to them. Mm. So initially, you can see that within their nature, they weren't used to having this type of bias, you know, yeah. just because of appearances. So there was some resistance initially. However, Jane continued to reinforce and tell the blue-eyed children mm. that they were genetically superior. She told them that they were more intelligent than the brown-eyed children, and then they started to believe it mm. for themselves. Mm. And so the children began to fall in line with what she was telling them. And soon you could see dramatic changes in their behavior. Yeah. And so the superior blue-eyed children, what happened is that they outperformed their brown-eyed counterparts mm. in the tests. They were, ve they were doing very well in school in general, mm. whereas the brown-eyed children became super withdrawn and timid. Mm. And so afterwards, Jane reversed <laughs> the experiment. Mm. So what she did was she did everything that I just told you, but now the blue-eyed children were the inferior ones mm. and the brown-eyed children were the superior ones. Mm. So she was doing this to prove a point. Mm. This, with this experiment being done, she asked the children to reflect on their experiences. And Jane's, Jane Elliott's experiment, it highlights the absurdity of bias. Mm -hmm. You know, it, uh, it highlights the absurdity of discrimination, like how crazy it is. And just seeing the purity of the hearts of the children initially didn't really understand or fall in line with what they were being told until it was reinforced. Yeah. And so check this out. The brown-eyed children, they started only to exhibit these character traits that they were being told only after one day of being told that they were inferior. Mm. Wow. So if this was the case just after one day, imagine after years and yep. years of being told the same thing, the same lies by Satan. Yep. You know, Ooh, being told that you're not good enough. Mm. Being told that you're useless. Mm. Being told that you'll never ever change. Mm. Being told that you're not beautiful. Being yeah. told that you're not valuable. Being told that you're just a person, you're just a number, you don't mean anything. Mm. Imagine being told that and those type of words being reinforced again and again and again and again. Mm. There's a quote, <clears throat> and the quote reads, you have to forego what is doing pop doing what is popular in order to do what is right. Mm. And this is exactly what Jesus did. He went after not doing what was popular and what was contrary to mankind, but doing what was right. He was the one who would set out the pace for righteousness. Mm. And so point number one. Let's go, sis. Point this, reality check. What is true and what is false? <laughs> so let's go to Matthew chapter 4. Come We're going to read verses 1 to 11. Come on, sis. <clears throat> 
So Matthew 4, 1 to 11, the Bible reads. It says, so previously we just have Jesus being baptized, and now he's being sent to the wilderness to be tested. So it says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And we're going to stop right there. Has anyone ever heard of the acronym HALT? H-A-L-T. Yeah. So that acronym stands for hungry, angry, lonely, tired. And so that's right, sisters. The temptation to lust the temptation to fantasize about the future and this huge house and the future man and the future this and the future that, the temptation to watch pornography, the temptation to masturbate, all of these things will come, especially when you're lonely. Mm. One of these other acronyms are called hungry, angry, um, or tired, as well as lonely. And this means that we need to be above reproach Mm. because Satan already knows. If you're starting to feel lonely, then rather than letting your mind lead you into sin, how about you get up and go outside? Just mm-hmm. get up and go out for a prayer walk. Or pick up the phone and call somebody. Mm-hmm. And I really love how open and honest we are in the group chat because this really helps us put a barrier that Satan can't cross. Mm-hmm. When we're open and honest with one another, we know that each other needs help. So many times I've seen um, you know, a sister asking, who can pray with me? Or... I'm feeling a lot right now and I need someone to talk to. Or please pray for me. This is good. And I actually want to encourage you to continue to do that because it stops Satan from getting to us. And so if we don't know Satan's tactics, then he can easily catch us in the same trap again and again. Mm -hmm. So we always have to be prepared. Mm -hmm. So with regards (coughs) to being hungry, (coughs) hunger naturally diminishes the strength of the body. Mm -hmm. So what happens is that the mind will become weak. Mm. If the mind is weak, it means that you're going to be easily irritated, right? Mm. Yep. And so, <laughs> if there isn't much watching and much prayer being done, mm. this uneasiness is going to turn into impatience. Mm. <laughs> this impatience is going to mean that we can give in to our temper so yes. easily. Yeah. And then we end up falling into sin. Yeah. Mm. And so I want to ask you, sisters, what do you guys do when you're fasting? You know, mm. so Jesus was fasting and Jesus was here being spiritual. Mm. And so what do you do when you're fasting? You know, are you praying more? Mm-hmm. Are you in Bible studies more? Mm. Are you sharing your faith more? If the Bible tells us that it is God, our food is to do the will of God. Mm. When we're abstaining from food, we should be doing more of the will of God. Mm. That's exactly what's going to feed us and stop us from thinking about food or craving food or trying to go after, let's say, breaking our fast super early because we don't want to finish the fast, mm. you know. Or instead, are we just complaining that we're hungry mm-hmm. and I'm guilty? <laughs> or or are, we, are we looking at images on food? I don't know how. <laughs> oh, no. Claire, Claire. ASMR. ASMR. I don't know how, but I'll be on Instagram 
and all of a sudden, it's all the trap. food posts are yeah. coming yeah. Like, all yes. the rest all the ASMR stuff. Yes. And, then, and then I know that I'm not Mukbang. supposed to eat, but already I'm planning my yes. meal. Yes. 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 And this yes. is not the heart that was supposed to have when we're fasting. Because mm. we're then, you know, lusting over this food mm. instead of going after being spiritual. Wow. Or are we compromising what time we're going to break the fast? I'm guilty of that one too. I was, I think I was going to be in a Bible study. And then I was like, oh no, the Bible study clashes the time that I break my fast. Oh, so let me break my fast a little bit earlier so that I can be in the Bible study and my heart. Because I'm total Because I've eaten now. Like, no. Remember, our food is to do the will of God. So if you do that Bible study, you're going to be satisfied. You'll be okay. It's not the end. So yeah, my practical is to not compromise my fasting time just because of a Bible study. Come on, Amen. And so, <clears throat> let's keep on reading in verse 3, okay? Come on, sis. Let's go. So, it says, the tempter came and he said, <laughs> 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 if you... Jesus was already appointed at his baptism. Mm. Wow. He didn't need the title of Messiah at that point. Mm. Had he saved anyone yet? Wow. Had he died on the cross yet? Wow. Yet God says, this is my son. He gives him identity. Mm. Wow. You are all daughters of God. Come on, right? Let's go. Whom I love. You're already loved. Wow. There's Come nothing on. you can do more or less that will change the way God loves yeah. you. He wow. already does. Mm. You didn't need to do anything. His right. son did everything for us, mm. right? On, With whom me. I'm well pleased, mm. right? And we know that in Hebrews, the book of Hebrews tells us that our faith pleases God. Our mm. faith to even get baptized pleases God. Yeah. And now we continue in our faith to continue to please God. Mm. So Jesus was already appointed at baptism, and as were all of you. Mm. And so he didn't need to have the largest number of baptisms, mm. right? Jesus, the Son of God, ended up with about 120 disciples at the end of his lifetime. Wow. That's the Son of God. But remember, <coughs> he got his identity God, not the number of people that he could turn, make into disciples. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about Jesus's merits or accolades. And to be honest, it's the same with all of you. It's not about, you know, how many Bible studies you can produce mm -hmm. or how many talents you have or don't have. All of you have the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. the exact same one that raised Jesus from the dead, the same one that helped to write the Bible in its entirety, you all have that. Mm -hmm. So it's within you guys mm -hmm. to help someone go from seeking God to counting the cost. Mm -hmm. It's not just the leaders. It's mm -hmm. not just a particular set of people who've been dealt a better set of cards. We all have the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So you need to remember that. It doesn't take a title to get you to do something radical. Mm -hmm. We do something radical because we love God, right? Mm -hmm. And we need to remember that these titles don't come with us to heaven. Mm. Mm. There's no such thing as a woman's ministry leader in heaven. Yes. There's no such thing as a shepherd or shepherdess in heaven. Yes. Titles do not exist. Bible talk leader doesn't exist in heaven. You know, what we look like right now. 
hair color, skin color, mm. beauty level, intelligence mm. level. Mm. These <laughs> 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 yeah, it's true. These things, they don't exist in heaven. Mm. So what does that mean? We just need to be great disciples here on earth. Come on. Mm. That's it. Can you guys be great disciples? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Follow the Bible? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You have to do that? Exactly. That's it. Confident. All you have to do is be a disciple. <clears throat> so it's not really about how much you know the Bible. Because mm-hmm. anyone can read the Bible and then write theses. Right. But rather it's how much you put the Bible into practice. Absolutely. This is one of many things that separates true disciples Mm. from the denominational world. Mm -hmm. The denominational world prides themselves in knowing their Bible, but how much are you putting into action? Mm. What are your quiet times containing? Do they have practicals that you can actually go and put into practice? Mm. So Satan is questioning Jesus' identity, and best believe he'll try and question yours too. So because Jesus didn't find his identity in what Satan said, he answered with scripture. Mm-hmm. And so we go on in verse 4. <clears throat> the Bible reads, Jesus answered, it is written. Mm-hmm. So Jesus knows his Bible, guys. Mm-hmm. Man shall not live on bread alone, mm-hmm. but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Right. So just like Jesus, I want to ask you, sisters, do you have a scripture ready, mm-hmm. Talk about ready it. Talk about it. to destroy Satan's lies? Mm-hmm. Talk about it. If God was to say, Paula, Aston University, I give you every place you set your foot. Then Satan says, Paula, Aston University, what do you think you can do there? Who are you going to believe? Mm-hmm. Right? Your Bible will be fruitful. You have to believe. For every negative thought, do you have a scripture to back it up mm. and to cancel that thought? You know, there was a time where I was I was up to here in insecurity and negative thoughts. And to be honest, it fluctuates. It goes up and down. It comes back and all that kind of stuff. And what I had to do was make a table. And on this table, on one side, I had all my negative thoughts, all of them. Not good enough, not worthy, or even a disciple. You have the Holy Spirit. Right. What what is, you know, how is it that you're here right now? No one believes in you. All of these kind of thoughts. Had them on one side. All of them. I even asked other people to give me theirs too. Had all of them on one side. And on the opposite side, I had a scripture. Scriptures in different versions, scriptures in different translations. Nice, nice, nice. And a scripture, more than one scripture on multiple occasions, mm-hmm. to really go after, you know, taming those negative thoughts. And so Jesus was fully equipped. <clears throat> and even to this to this to this day. I still have my members of my family calling me and telling me how, how they're not happy about my decision to, to, you know, leave medicine behind. And I still have people trying to persuade me to go back to medicine and all that kind of stuff. And this is where I need those scriptures, mm-hmm. you know, because this could easily be the case. Of you, you know, on the odd occasion, Satan will come up and use someone to mm. be like, why are you doing this discipleship thing? It's such a waste of time, you know? Especially as we're going away for the Christmas season. This is the ultimate time for Satan to attack. The ultimate time for Satan to just put some some lies, put some deceit in there. Because again, when we're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, this is Satan's optimum opportunity to attack. And my, my discipler, my first, no, my second ever discipler, Naomi, she said to me that, Novella, insecurity will take you out. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, 
<laughs> because because I kept saying that, you know, I was like, feel about this and this and this, but I wasn't willing to go after change. Mm-hmm. I just liked confessing the exact same sin again and again and again and again. Amen. I didn't want to change, you know, until she told me, Bella, it will take you out. Mm-hmm. So who of you in here needs to hear that, you know? You? Yeah? All right, Harriet. Insecurity will take you out. It will. Before you've even gotten started. Wow. Your value is not found on things that are outward, but it's found in what is upwards. Wow. And that is your relationship with God. So has Satan twisted scripture for you? You saw that Satan twisted scripture in the presence of Jesus and tried to make him believe something that wasn't true. So where in your life, sisters, has Satan twisted the scripture? Mm. Where has he taken something that's true and turned it into a lie or blurred the lines? Mm. So he makes you believe something that isn't true. Where in scripture do you read and you're like, yeah, that applies to them or this person, but not me. Mm. (laughs) Because my circumstance is different. Because I'm going through something else. Mm. Because I can't relate. The scriptures are the scriptures. We can all relate to them. Come on, sis. And so, can I speak the truth and love to you guys? Yes, yes. yes please. Destroy us. The Bible will do that kindly. I'm going to speak the truth and love. Yes. I'm going to speak the truth and love. I want to. I want to persuade you about this reality check. Okay. That Satan twists scripture. Yeah. He does. Mm. And one scripture that he can easily twist. And you see it in Bible studies. People stumble over Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Right. They'll tell you that, oh yeah, it doesn't matter about the order. Like right. the, the order, no, no, it's not about the order. Oh no, actually, uh, I, I was made into a disciple, but then, no, I don't know. But I know that I'm a disciple, but my timeline doesn't matter. And, and Satan will really twist it in the minds of those who are trying to say, but he can twist it in the minds of us as well. Honestly, we're not immune, okay? So, Paul, in the Bible, he was directed to go after a particular nation first. And we're going to see an example of that uh, very soon. But Paul was directed to prioritize preaching to the Jews before preaching to the Gentiles. Mm. So does this mean that God shows favoritism? Nope. Does this mean that, you know, Paul is biased? Does this mean that Paul thinks that the Jewish nation is better than the Gentile nation? Mm-hmm. He doesn't think that at all. But it's very easy to slip and fall into the thinking of, yeah, my culture mm-hmm. and my people and this type of people and that type of people, your type of intelligence. And we start to cause and create these divides within ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I grew up with that. And I don't know if you guys can relate. Growing mm-hmm. up, I moved from school to school. I moved schools like six different times. Wow, so God. I had to make friends Jeez. again and again and again oh. six different times. Oh. You can relate. You can relate. I moved schools a lot. Mm. And so I experienced a lot of different cultures all coming at me at the same time with just differences, you know. Mm. In some places that I went to, my skin color was admired. In other places that I went to, I was looked at as if I was strange. <laughs> you know, because I had certain cultures and I respect my parents in a certain way, some cultures looked at that as, you know, strange or mm. odd. Yeah. And uh, to other people, this was super normal and I was accepted. Come on. Mm. And so mm-hmm. even in my immediate family, you know, it can it can we can have these cultural differences. But I'm so grateful. One thing, my family is very um They've almost got the dream. So they've gone after all nations. Hey. 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 In my family, I, I, it's literally Uganda, 
And then we've got Uganda and Japan, Ooh, Uganda wow. and Germany, wow. Uganda and Denmark, yes. Uganda wow. and um, Irish, yes. Uganda yes. and all of these different yes. countries. Yes. Um, and so with that, I've got the opportunity to experience and interact with different cultures, which is so helpful because what it does is it helps me be prepared for when I meet a woman of that nation. Mm. You know, mm. the opportunity wow. to interact. But sadly, some of us have had poor experiences or bad experiences or hurtful experiences with people of different races or different ethnicities, different um, ethnic groups. Mm -hmm. And so what can happen is we bring our past hurts and our past traumas with those situations into the kingdom. And we apply the same biases that we learn or we heard about in the world and we bring it here. Mm. But I'm here to tell you that we don't do that. Because as disciples, we've made the decision to make Jesus Lord. Not whatever is on the outside Lord. That doesn't matter. Like I said before, like... We don't get these bodies. I don't think we have hair and nails in heaven anyway. So oh. don't oh. worry about getting pedicures and manicures. Like, all that we Come on, Angel. Oh, no. This outer body <laughs> will not exist. <laughs> <laughs> it won't exist. Our outer body is not going to exist anymore. And so what Satan does is that he brings back your past. And he brings back your biases. And he tries to make you think that the exact same way they treated you in the world is how they'll treat you in the kingdom. And that is false. That is false. That is absolutely false. Let's go to Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Let's go there. Let's look at what the Bible says. Let's look at Paul's experience. This is 10 out of 10 says. Amen. Hundred out of thousand. So, did you write this for me? Just, just a question. <laughs> if the spirit speaking, the spirit speaking. Amen. So, Romans chapter one, verse sixteen. And the Bible reads: This is Paul speaking. Okay, so for I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it has power. It has the power of God. That brings salvation to everyone who believes. Mm. Bring salvation to everyone who believes. Yes. Bring that up. First to the Jews, then to the Gentiles. And so again, the power of Christ is not just for for, for one nation. No. The power of Christ is for all nations. Because Christ died for everyone. So technically... It's one life, really, that matters, and that's mm. Jesus' life. It's yeah. one blood, one shade of red blood yeah. that covers all of us, and therefore we're all automatically equal, mm. you know? We're all the same. And so it's Jesus resurrecting for everyone that means we're all equally important. Mm. And so oh, the scripture yes. does say that the gospel is to be preached first to the Jews, so Paul was instructed to preach to one nation first. Mm-hmm. And this is where we can see it's biblical for us to have the charge to focus on a specific nation first. It didn't come from the sky. It came from the Bible. Okay? And so the scripture says to the Jews first, meaning that we will get to the other nations. And I'm going to show you very soon with the Bible how by Paul obeying the commands to go after the Jews first, then the Gentiles still led to world evangelism. Mm-hmm. It still did. Mm-hmm. And so... <clears throat> When Paul went after sharing with this uh, nation first, it meant that all nations had the opportunity to hear the gospel. And to be honest, you see in the scriptures I'm going to share in a moment, when he shared with the Jews, or he aimed and attempted to share the scriptures with the Jews, 
many of the Gentiles got converted instead. Mm. It's like, it's almost as if that he went in with one intention, but other people got baptized. And that was the case. Mm. So let's have a look in um, Romans chapter 9. Romans chapter 9, verses 1 to 5. I love Paul's heart in this scripture. So, verse 1 says, I speak the truth in Christ. I am not lying, and my conscience confirms it through the Holy Spirit. Bless you. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart, but I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption to sonship, theirs is the divine glory, the covenant and the receiving of the law, the temple and worship, and the promises that are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all forever praised. Amen. Amen. And so in this scripture, you can see Paul had such an intense desire to see his own nation saved. Mm. Like, that's how much he was willing to see his nation saved. He was willing to be cut off from Christ. Mm-hmm. That means he was willing to burn eternally from hell if it meant his entire nation can be saved. Wow. wow. And so this is a, a deep form of selflessness mm. that that is unimaginable. Mm. And you see that um, Paul's obedience to the scripture is going to be what leads to world evangelism. Paul wrote the majority of the New Testament. And so he was able to really go after the charge to preach the Jews first and then the Gentiles, and then he got to world evangelism. So let's have a look then. In Acts chapter 13, we're going to look at some examples where we see this. Acts 13. Come on, Lavelle. Wait, Acts chapter 13. So Acts 13. Come on. So what has Paul gone to do here? He's addressing the men of Israel, right? Um, who fear God. So specifically he's talking about the Jews. And so you see it in verse 16, he says, um, <clears throat> standing up, Paul motioned with his hands and said, Fellow Israelites and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. So he was preaching here to the to the Jews as well as the Gentiles. If we go to Acts 13, verse 44 to 49. So you can write that down. But I'm specifically going to read verse 46. So Acts 13, 46. It says, Then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly, We had to speak the word of God to you first. Since you reject it, you do not consider yourselves worthy of eternal life. We turn now to the Gentiles. So again, he still goes after the command. He preaches mm-hmm. to the Jews. The Jews don't want it. Let's go to the Gentiles. Mm-hmm. We'll look at one more example. So Acts 14. Come on. Verse 1 to 4. You're doing great, sis. Verse 1 says, At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual to the Jewish synagogue. There they spoke, spoke effectively, so effectively, that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. Mm-hmm. So even in Iconium, again, they went to preach the gospel to the Jews and the Greeks, 
And in that, so many were converted because they spoke so effectively. And so eventually, in Colossians 1.23, we have world evangelism. And so I don't know if you've ever seen um, like zombie films. Yep. And in the zombie films, some way, somehow, the person is trying to kill the zombie with all their might. Like they're giving it their everything. <laughs> they've like cut it up. They've like stumped on it. They've kicked it. They managed to cut the arm off. But somehow, the arm is not connected to the body, but is able to like crawl it and go. <laughs> and then go and just like stab the guy again. Like this is this is the daily battle, the daily fight that we have with our sin. Because we, we can punch the sin, we can kick the sin, we can throw scriptures at the sin. We can we can think we've killed it, we've got it, we've got it, it's dead, it's gone. And the zoom link has gone. We can think, we can think that okay, I've got this sin. Like I've got it in the bag, it's not gonna come back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then somehow it resurrects. Yeah, oh, no. I need to and it comes back. Relatable. And you haven't put it to death again. Relatable. Sisters, whatever that sin is for you, you need to be willing to kill it again and again. <laughs> And again, don't get tired of killing it. Don't even think you've arrived. Yeah. Ooh, just kill it one more time. Just make sure every day. Pray. Pray about your purity every day. Yeah. Like there isn't going to be a day where you go without thinking or, or being tempted to be impure. Just pray about it every day. Come on. And so rather than being emotion-led, we really have to go out to be devotional, which means using our Bible, which is why I'm emphasizing, you know, Jesus was good with his scriptures and hence he could fight off Satan, we need to be in that position as well, where we know our scriptures enough to fight Satan away and still gain open, of course. Mm -hmm. So, <clears throat> what's the practical for this point? Sisters, I want you to just confess. Be open. Mm -hmm. Tell someone about any form of bias, injustice, whatever it is that you have in your heart, be it with the people you're studying the Bible with, be it with one another, confess it to your disciple and really go after honesty and openness mm -hmm. because that's how you're going to get the help that you need. And then you just make a decision to repent, mm. to Come change. On. So think about it, okay? What old self is coming back that you need to put to death? Mm. What, what part of your old self needs to be destroyed because it's trying to resurrect? Mm. <clears throat> We've been called to take the gospel to the British nationals and the European nationals first. Yeah. Why? Because there's a need to make sure that the demographic of the United Kingdom is reflected in the true kingdom, which is the kingdom of God. And so it's normal. It's normal for when God puts a certain expectation on us for us to feel a bit like weird, like, you know, not quite used to this. This is going to take some getting used to. And Peter in Acts chapter 10 felt this way. Peter was told to go and preach the gospel to Cornelius. This man was not a Jewish man. He was a, he was a, a, a Roman. He was, he was a, a Gentile. And so you see he's being called to preach to the Gentiles. And Peter then has a vision. He has a vision. And then God displays a bunch of different types of foods to which he should pick from and eat. But then Peter's like, no, 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 surely not. I can't eat something that is unclean. I've never eaten anything that is unclean. God says, don't call what, what I have made clean, unclean. It is good because it comes from God. And so God changes his heart. <coughs> then Peter goes to preach the gospel to Cornelius. Cornelius gets baptized. Yeah. Yeah. And so... 
some of us here were not even met by someone of our own nation. Right. Like, we were met by someone from some other nation that maybe we don't even, like, usually interact with, right? So, yeah, Carmen met Fola, Fola met Anka, I was met by Naomi, Christine was met by Michelle, um, I believe Shelliot met you, is that right? Shelliot met Paula, Sarah met and Sarah met, Sarah met Carmen, and the list goes on. And so there is greatness inside all of us. But what we need to do is stop Satan from trying to twist scriptures in our minds and make sure that we know our Bibles. Mm-hmm. And one way we're going to really go after diversifying the church is through deeper friendships. Mm-hmm. And this is point number two. <clears throat> point number two is reality check. Are you friends or family? Mm. Oh, <laughs> Come on, Man, friends or family, right? Yeah. Yeah. Read my mind. That's a good one. That's the spirit. Let's go to. Um, <laughs> Come on, <Nabella. laughs> Let's go to John chapter ten. Let's go. Yes. John. We love John. Yes. John and Jesus were besties. <laughs> Absolutely. John and Jesus besties, then uh, we gotta be besties like that. We gotta mirror that friendship. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, we yeah. need some of that friendship. Bars, bars. Good, Jay. Yeah. Nice. So, in John chapter 10, <clears throat> I'm gonna pick up in verse 1. The Bible says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees. Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. Mm. So there's the right way to get into the kingdom and the wrong way to get into the kingdom. Let's keep reading. Verse 2, it says, The one who enters the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. Verse 3, The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And this word to know in the Greek is... What does this mean? This is a vivid understanding. I'll spell it for you, God. G-I-N-O-S-K-O. It's a vivid understanding, and it's referring to a relationship. And how do you get to know someone is when you get to spend time with somebody. For real. And so I actually want to lift all of you guys up. Um, Because for each of you who've had um, Bible studies, I know we've seen a couple familiar faces going round and round. And the reason why they're still here actually is because of your love. It's because of your, it's because you don't just see them as a Bible study, but you see them as your friends. It's because you see them more than just someone who's just going to come study the Bible and leave and disappear and never hear about them ever again. That's not the case. You know, for those who are really involved in Angela's life and really seeking and reaching out for her, for those who are involved in Cece's life right now, for those who are involved in Eleanor's life, like these women are are here and they've stayed. They've had some tough truths. Listen, they've been told that they're not saved, their whole family is lost, they're probably going to go to hell if something, you know, something happens to them and they get hit by, I don't know, a car or something. They've been told some tough truths, but they're not running away. Because they understand that the truth is being spoken in love. Again, this is what separates disciples from the denominational world. The denominational world are so focused on being right. They just want to be right. That's it. 
but they're not focused on being righteous. Mm. Mm. And so we need to take it to the next level. And how are we going to take it to the next level? We're already going after all nations. Mm. And I oh, I see that. I see that with, with, with all two eyes of mine. I see it. The time tree Bible studies are flooded with so many mm. European nationals. Some of you are going after like learning how to say short phrases in other languages right. just for relatability. Like yes. when I share with a Portuguese person, right. I instantly introduce myself in Portuguese and it softens their heart <laughs> and, and they start smiling. It's awesome. So I'm really proud of you, sister. You can actually give a round of applause. And so now we need to take it to the next level. Come on. Now we, how are we going to take it to the next level is going after giving the same heart for each Bible study. It's going after putting in the energy and effort in each Bible study to help this person become a disciple. It's truly now transforming and coming out of that Bible study different because you've really gone after laying down your life as we're going to continue to read. Um, because... There is, there has been a little bit of a lack of effort, you know, for, for different Bible studies, kind of, I guess, depending on who it is and what they look like and what's their nationality. Yeah. That shouldn't be the determining factor of how much heart we give. We still give our hearts to all people because they're all souls. Remember, yeah. we're all covered by one shade red of blood, and that's Jesus's blood. Amen. And so it's now taking it to the next level to learn different cultures. It's now taking it to the next level to be consistent in that. It's not just a one-time thing for one person, but this needs to become our nature. We need to be constantly moldable, because if that's the case, if for one person's Bible study, you know, we're giving all of our heart, but for this person's Bible study, mm. our heart is, you know, toned down a little bit, it's a lack of love. Yeah. We're no longer seeing God, we're seeing people, we're seeing color, we're seeing status, we're seeing ethnicity, we're seeing all those things, and that's incorrect. Wow. And that's going to be something that God looks down upon and he's upset about. That hurts God's heart, you know? We give our hearts to everyone. Doesn't matter what they look like, what they sound like. The first question in our mind shouldn't be what ethnicity are they? Mm. It should be the fact that, oh my gosh, someone wants to study the Bible. Mm. That's awesome. It should be our heart instead. And so you have to love people enough to want to sweat for them, to want to bleed for them, to stand outside in the rain and cry and pray for them. Mm. This is the kind of heart that Jesus had for us. Jesus wasn't concerned about who was it who was studying? It's the fact that these are the people I'm going to die for, yeah. all of them. And so we need to really build a deep sisterhood yeah. in the Birmingham church and going even deeper. We already have a sisterhood. So many of us are already willing to lay down our lives. But we can go deeper. We can go John and Jesus relationship deeper. Come on, come on. Okay? Yeah. And so younger disciples in the church can feel this. Yeah, Younger yeah. disciples can feel when the love is momentary. Mm -hmm. They can feel when the love is, you know, it's here one moment, but then it's gone the next moment. And this is really going to hurt uh, the faith of the disciples, especially mm -hmm. of our, our younger sisters mm -hmm. in the church. Because <clears throat> especially if you make a disciple and you don't continue with that love, even mm -hmm. after baptism, it's like, oh, so they were just doing this so that I can join their church. God forbid anyone ever says something like that. Because we love because of who we are. And it's not something that we do. Okay, this is something that we, we, we love because this is who we are. Because we're disciples. And so Sarah did that for Carmen. And it's an incredible example. I remember hearing the, the story from Carmen herself, actually. Carmen on, told Carmen. me 
that she cut the Zoom call. She just wasn't having it. She was <laughs> yeah. not having it. Sarah was preaching the word. She was like, mm, 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 mm. and then Carmen was like, she disappeared. She disappeared. Like, she disappeared. She disappeared. She disappeared. She disappeared. She disappeared. She yeah, they were also my friends. Come on. I guess. I guess. The woman in, in Carmen's Bible study made enough of an impact for Carmen to feel safe enough to come back. Wow. And that's the purpose, and that's the point, is that when you tell someone a hard truth and they react like in a, in a negative way, is that they need to feel safe enough to come back and be like, hey, what? you know what, I was wrong, but I'm, I'm willing for you to teach me again. Because of that relationship that was built, mm-hmm. you know? And so, <clears throat> Chelia also did this um, for, for you, Paula. Really poured out her heart and loving you. And giving her whole heart for you. Mm-hmm. And so, I can even see this with... Um, a word. <laughs> oh, la. <laughs> uh, I see that also with, with Angel really giving her heart to Eleanor. Because I, I entrusted uh, you with Eleanor. I was like, sis, take Eleanor, love her, make her feel like she's the most awesome person ever because she's she's here for only one year. Yeah. Doesn't know anyone, come to the country. It's already difficult. It rains a lot in Birmingham, so you know, there's that. And so it's very easy for, for those type of people to feel lonely and Satan to come and grab them. Yeah. And, and put them into whatever other thing that he has planned for. But I'm very proud of you for going oh, after her. Come on, Yesterday, Angel. we did the Kingdom of God Bible study. Ooh. And I was like, well, in the Kingdom of God Bible study, I hope to show you that the Catholic Church is not the way. Mm. And that's hard. For someone who's had the Catholic faith ingrained in yeah. them mm. and instilled in their blood and their bones, she took it. And a, and a huge reason for why she took it is because I could look at her in the eye and tell her that I genuinely care for you and I will not let you walk out of this Bible study thinking that you're okay going back to Sunday Mass again and again and again. I couldn't say that with that much conviction if I didn't love her, if I didn't put the energy and effort and time outside of studying the Bible to really care for her and connect with her. I just want to be able to do that, you know, for the young disciples. Now, I'm bringing, it, bringing the focus now to even talk about our discipling times. Mm-hmm. For the younger disciples, again, we can feel this, you know, if there's love being reciprocated in our D times. Absolutely, 100%. Discipling times are for teaching to obey. So we can't neglect that at all. However, we can spice it up a bit, you know? Yes. Jesus wasn't one who, like, taught to obey and lorded it over people and super strict and mm-hmm. it's always boring. Jesus used analogies. Jesus used a lot of object lessons, which mm-hmm. I really, really admire. You know, he, he spoke with parables. Mm-hmm. He took them to see the fig tree and then gave them a lesson. He took them to the mountain and he did different mm-hmm. things with them. And this should be our hearts as well. Mm-hmm. So absolutely teaching to obey, but... We're, we're using this time to build friendships and relationships, mm-hmm. getting deeper. This is what's going to help bring that openness. So when it comes to D time, right. we're able to be open because mm-hmm. we're talking to our friend. We're talking to someone who genuinely loves us. 
not someone who's just gonna pull out the Bible and destroy us. Right. Like, I know we like to be destroyed, but uh, but no. not every time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, some people, some people are like, oh, right. 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 And and even for for us to make sure we go after getting open consistently. Again, mm-hmm. you you feel the urge and the ability to do that with a friend. Mm-hmm. You don't wait for like a Come designated on. specific time, like at three o'clock. I'm gonna get open about this. this, 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 this. Mm-hmm. No, you get open all the time consistently because you've built that friendship mm-hmm. relationship. It's a lot more yes. um, easier to do it that way. Why wait for D time? If Jesus was gonna come back one hour before your D time, hey. are you gonna wait hey. for the one hour so that it's your D time? So now I'm getting like you, you just want to do that. Side. You get open all the time, consistently. This needs to be the culture. You know, we're not keeping sin. We're not going to bed with our conscience unclear mm. like far be it that we don't wake up oh, the next morning so oh, wow. we still have unconfessed mm. in our hearts mm. or things we haven't got open about mm. for the more mature disciples who've been around a longer time mm. this is this is the opportunity for us to be shepherds come on this is the opportunity for us to be like hey sis how's your discipling relationships yes. mm. you know how is it going are you you guys you guys the Bible right, you guys use the scripture. Talk about it. For those of you who've been here longer, like yes. you know how to do this. You know how to see and find out um, how these discipling times are going. Come on, Shepherd. I want to ask you guys, how has it been using the quiet time, prayer, purity, finance, and evangelism structure that we spoke about? Very good. Okay, I see Jane is the only one who's using it. And we're going to see how Jane grows. It's good. No, Jackie has been using it as well. Jackie has been using it. I mean, serious, go after it. Because yeah. this is how we don't let certain areas of the lives of our women go unchecked mm. and go unseen. And it be three, four, five, six, seven, eight months. And now yeah. we're finding out that you have an issue with purity because there wasn't a checking in. Nobody was checking in. And of course, we all have to be open as well. Amen? <laughs> so keeping the safe safe is super important. Yeah. And it starts with our discipling relationships yeah. as well. Yes. Otherwise, what's going to happen is we get a revolving door. Right. People enter, people leave. People oh. enter, people leave. Mm-hmm. Really, we're supposed to help people get saved, and then they should stay saved as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so this is an area in which wow. we have to go after oh, in order to really grow. And making sure that our friendships, mm-hmm. if we want to go after all nation friendships in the world, why not start in the kingdom? Yeah. You know, Don't we have multicultures, multi nations yeah. in the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Start by getting to know your sisters on a deeper level, mm-hmm. start by getting to know them more than just like you know, the fact that they're a disciple, right? They're in the song team, right? Exactly. They go to church. What else do you know? <laughs> like, what's their favorite color? And what's their holiday destination, their favorite place to go? What kind of genre movies do they like? Yes. Like these are the kind of things we also need to know. Yes. In addition to how are you doing and how are things going? So Come on, the And so we can't let people in the world have better examples of friendships than that's in the kingdom. Okay? People in the world can't be true best friends. Are we listening? Yeah. People in the world can't be true best friends. Right. 
And then us in the kingdom, we have superficial friendships. It doesn't work that way. Ask yourself this question. Is there someone in the world who I can think of right now who I'm closer to than I am a disciple? Ask yourself, you know? Can any of you confidently say, you don't have to say right now, but can you guys confidently think about someone who's like, yeah, like, this is my friend. Like, this is my, my ride or die friend. Like, this is the person that I'll go to when, when everything breaks loose and everything goes crazy. How many of you can say that you have a sister in mind that you can go to and you can say anything to? You can be open you know? Does everyone know what an acquaintance yes. is? Yes. Yes. What yes. Acquaintance. Yes. 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 It's really bad. Like, it's less than friends. Yeah. It's really bad. It's a business And so, professional. we don't want to be acquaintances in the kingdom of God. We need to know each other deeply. That word acquaintance in the kingdom shouldn't even exist. Like, it shouldn't be a thing. That's good. And so, if you don't know your sheep, so for those of you who are disciples, or for those of you who are Bible talk leaders, if you don't know your sheep, that's because you haven't loved them enough. Mm-hmm. And remember, I, I shared um, the insight that we get, we get, we know what to do when we love, because love gives us insight. Yeah. So if there's an issue with like this sister is is doing this and acting like this, and I don't know what to do, do you love them enough? Yeah. You know, are you willing to do what you know? So that you will then know what you need to do. Come on. Mm. That's good. Can you confidently say that, you know, you will die for mm. the women in your Bible talk? Mm. That is the easy part. Are you willing to live mm. as a disciple mm. every day? Mm. Fasting, praying, mm. going out, sharing your faith. Whatever the case may be for the women in your Bible talk. Mm. Come on. The scripture I'm going to continue reading soon goes on to give us two examples of people. You can have the hired hand. And you can also have the good shepherd. And so let's keep on reading. In verse 4, the Bible reads, When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. And so if you're struggling in your deep times because your women are not listening to you, ask yourself, do I have a relationship with this sister? Do I have a deep relationship with this sister? For those you're studying the Bible with, you know, if they're not listening to you, ask yourself, like, is it just Bible studies with this person? Or do I really know this person? Because if they aren't willing to listen to you, it's probably because you're a stranger. You're just telling them what to do. Mm. So they're not willing to listen. More so, they won't be willing to listen to the word of God because they don't see it as an example in you. Mm. So if we keep reading verse 5, the Bible reads, but they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize the stranger's voice. And so again, people in your Bible talk running away from you, running away from accountability, running away from from instructions that you give them. Ask yourself, what is your relationship like outside of business? And so we're not having just business relationships with disciples. We're really going after loving one another. We keep on reading. It says in verse 6, Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand. So he had to break it down even more. And he goes on to say, therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. And all who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. 
They, uh, they will come in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And so Jesus here, he says that he is the example of the good shepherd. He is the example. So are you like Jesus? Mm. Are you like Christ in your discipling relationships? Mm. It goes on then to say in verse um, 12, the hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. And so when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. Mm. Then the wolf attacks the flock and (coughs) scatters it. And so... Have you ever had a supply teacher at school? Yes. <laughs> exactly. That's yep. exactly what happens. Yep. And and why is that? Because the students oftentimes don't sense the same level of love that they would have sensed from their original teacher. And so they don't listen to the to the to the supply teacher's voice and they run wild and they want they run havoc. And so this hired hand mentality is a mentality that doesn't take ownership, doesn't take responsibility. Like, I'm just here to get my pay and then I'm out. Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's the kind of part that we think about when we think about hired hands. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be careful that we don't fall into this. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of the saying, familiarity breeds contempt? Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Exactly. If you get used to a good thing, very soon it stops being a good thing and you start expecting it. Mm-hmm. Very soon you start being entitled to it. Very soon... Mm-hmm. It's, it becomes now, so are we not meeting today? Or, you know, mm. this this shouldn't be our heart. If you think about the old movement, the ICOC, they went from having a good thing, discipling relationships, yeah. to then breeding so much contempt that the movement became autonomous. And we don't want that to be repeated for us either. So let's keep on reading. In verse 13, it says, The man runs away because he's the hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. So the man runs away. So Proverbs 17, 17 speaks about, uh, it says, A friend loves at all times, but a brother is born at a time of adversity. A sister will be born at a time of adversity. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? It means that that transition from friendship to sisterhood where it's going to come is in a time of, of adversity. Yes, talk about it, sis. And so I understand and I know that some of us are going through a lot right now. Mm. Be it house situations, be it relationships with family, mm. be it, you know, what's happening with our finances. Um, for other people around this time of year, they're remem- you guys are remembering sad times or yeah. traumatic events. Like yeah. Christmas is not always the happiest time of the year. Yeah. Like I know the songs sing it, but honestly, a lot of bad things have happened around Christmas time, yeah. especially for Absolutely. me. And it sounds like a lot of you guys can Absolutely. relate as well. It's coming around um, the time of my birthday, actually. Mm. And unfortunately, um, my birthday doesn't really have good connotations around it. Mm. And so around this time of year, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not particularly feeling the most fired up or the most encouraged because I know what's coming. Mm. And so, you see, this is an opportunity for us to really be there for one another especially in this tough times because again it says a friend loves at all times mm-hmm. but where you guys are going to transition from just being friends to being true sisters so is when you stick it out for one another in those tough times mm-hmm. is when the tough times come and you don't run away and honestly that's a temptation for me i don't know how to how to react or deal with situations that are very highly and intensely emotional I just don't know what to do in those situations. So the temptation is to run. The temptation is to let someone else handle it. 
or to bring someone who's more experienced. Mm. But sometimes mm. you don't even need to say much. Sometimes you just need to be there. Mm. Sometimes you don't need to have all of the answers. Mm. Sometimes you just need to be an ear that listens yeah. and that comforts and that consoles. Because mm. I won't have all the answers, but what I can do is just stay there with you. And Conscious. this is where you go from being friends to really being sisters. And so like I was sharing before about Anchor, Anchor and Terry's relationship may have started off as friends. To be fair, they, you know, they haven't really got the time to know each other deeply. But look at how quickly that can be turned into deep sisterhood. Mm. Just by her being around in a time where Terry needs someone the most, Anchor's presence has now helped that relationship get stronger and get deeper. Mm. It's gone from, oh yeah, we're just friends and we go to the same church and I'll get some time to get to know you to, I remember that time when you were there for me. Mm. These are the kind of things that you end up hearing people share about yeah. at birthdays yeah. and birthdays. Yeah, it's, it's usually at birthdays and birthdays you hear people share about the tough times, mm. about the times when I had no one but you were there, mm. at the times I had no one but you were there. At a time when I was crying my eyes out because I lost this close person in my family and you were there. Wow. At a time where I was struggling with my finances <coughs> and you helped me raise money mm. and you helped me ask my boss and you helped me write that letter. Mm. This is where we again go on from being just friends like the world. Mm. We become sisters. We become true sisters. Amen. Come on, sis. And so in the tough times, we don't run away, okay? No. no. <laughs> so what, what is the practical here? The practical is to be a friend mm. that sticks around, especially in the tough times. Mm. Especially for those studying the Bible. They'll remember that and they will come back. They will remember the fact that you didn't give up on them and they will want to come back. Yeah. And so let's go to verse 14, bringing it in for a close. Come on, sis. Come on. Come on. Verse 14, the scripture reads, I'm the good shepherd and I know my sheep. Look up there. So Jesus knows his sheep, correct? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Proverbs 27, 23 says, Be sure to know the condition of your flock. Yep. Be sure. So you gotta know, you gotta inspect. Okay, mm -hmm. we don't we don't give out instructions and then kind of wait to see what happens. We go back and we follow up and we check and we make sure we know the condition of our flock just as Jesus knew the condition of his flock. Mm. And so sister, <clears throat> there are many women on campus today mm. with no true friends. Mm. They're plagued with their past hurts, traumas and biases. But we are here to help them. We're here to help them and show them that we're not just here to, to be their friend, but we're here that, to bring them into the kingdom, to help them heal from anything and everything that they've gone through, and do more than just grow as a church mm. in number. We don't just want to grow in number. Sisters, we want to grow in character, Come on, right? Man. We want to grow in our love mm -hmm. for one another and for God each day. Mm -hmm. We want to grow in our respect for one another. Yes. We want to grow in our discipline. Yes. Mm -hmm. And we want to grow in having the right heart. Mm -hmm. And this is how we're going to evangelize the nation in this generation. I love you. Yeah. Woo! Woo!